All right, let me tell you what John 10, 10 said. And I consider this to be the dividing line, a, a center line of the New Testament. I use this a lot at funerals. So that, because, because at a funeral, you know, you, people are confused about this. Some people think that, that death is a tool that God uses. Death is not a tool of God. Death is an enemy of God. And, and we need to get that straight. You need to say, if you ever say that or hear that, correct it. Because it's not God's tool. And it's not, it is not God's friend. The Bible says death is the enemy of God. The last enemy to be defeated. It's already defeated, but in order to see that, or the, it really says the last enemy that will, will, that will be completed or, or that we'll see completion of, death. And so, you know, when I use this scripture in funerals, I use it so that people understand there's a dividing line that separates the, 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 the scriptures from good and bad. Now, just say this, God good, God devil I want to see what you'd say. I didn't know what some of you might say something else. Devil bad. God good, devil bad. Now this scripture clearly tells us, clearly informs us, clearly educates us with a knowledge of the difference between Jesus' purpose and the other purpose. Now we know this, it uses the word thief here in this scripture. And we know that that, that that word thief there is talking about the devil. It's the devil that's the thief. Now here's what it says. Jesus came. It said the devil came, or the devil's purpose. The purpose of the devil. The, the, the purpose of the devil, his thoughts, his intents, his desires, uh, his work, his efforts. The thief came. The devil came to steal. Look at somebody say steal kill and to destroy now have you got it highlighted have you got it underlined the devil came to kill steal and to destroy the devil came Jesus said this this wasn't just words it's in red y'all got a red if you got a red letter edition it's in red Jesus said the thief came to kill to steal to steal kill and to destroy things that are destroyed things that are uh, 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 dead or dying things that are being stolen from our life things are, who did that now this is a participatory church and I ain't getting but about a third of participation I need some more participation will y'all help me out who is the one who's stealing who is the one who's killing? Who is the one who destroys? Now those of you that didn't say it, I'm coming for you. The devil. But look what Jesus said. But I. I am come. Why did he come? Why did Jesus come? That you could have life and have it more abundantly. God wants us to have an abundantly blessed life, a more blessed life, a more abundantly blessed life, a life blessed more abundantly. Look at somebody and say, abundantly blessed. Now, you may be sitting there, you might not be in that today. You, 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 you could be struggling with it and challenged with it, and, and, and I need you to ask yourself that question. 
And you need to ask yourself the question, am I living in an abundantly more, abundantly blessed life? Am I being, am I following the word of God? Let me read another translation. Listen to this. This is the amplified translation of the same scripture. The thief comes in order to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I came that you might have and enjoy life and have it to the abundance, the full, until it overflows. I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you just enduring life? You know, I, I, I got this a few weeks ago in my studies about the difference between enduring life and enjoying life. Enduring life or enjoying life. That's a question you have to ask yourself. Are you just enduring life? Are you just enduring or going through the motions, just going through the everyday stuff? Just, I mean, you're just, you're just, I mean, from one day to the next, paying bills, the, the joy isn't there, the happiness isn't there. I mean, you're just, you're, just, you're just here. You're just on the planet waiting for it to end. Or are you enjoying your life? And, and life is to be something that is to be enjoyed. It's to be something that, that we truly enjoy our life. Are, are you just existing in life? I mean, is it just an existence? There isn't, I can honestly say this with me, there is nothing in my life today that I have in my life that is just an existence. I made up my mind that I wasn't just going to exist. Life wasn't just going to be an existence, just existing or enduring it. When I got married, one of the things I wanted to make sure was that I married in a way that would not allow me to just exist or just to endure it. You may be in a marriage right now and you may be sitting there and, and you feel handcuffed, you feel slaved. Anybody feel that way? No, don't, 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 don't. Don't tell. Do that alone. Make an appointment. Amen. You know why I feel like my marriage is... is See, there's some men that actually wanted to go. They were, yes, that's me. <laughs> I made up my mind, and part of it is this scripture, that I can live an overly abundant life, not just an existence of life, not just the motions of life, and enduring the life, but that everything, my job, my career, my business, you know, I'm, I, I, have, I have made it clear to the devil, I didn't just come to build a church. A few folks and that's it. The Lord said that he wanted me to be abundant and to be supplied over it. Not just, not just enduring. I don't want to just go to church and endure it. I don't want my business to be an endurance. Let's see if I can make it to the end. I mean, there are people that live their lives, live their businesses, live the experiences of their, of their lives in that kind of, a, I mean, they're just, they're just pacing themselves till the end. Folks, that is not what Jesus came to do. He came so that you and I could have a full, enjoyable, overflowing. Look at somebody and say overflowing. That means that you're not to just live in some beat up, run down shack for the rest of your life. Hey, you might start out there. My first apartment with Amy. We got married. She was a school teacher, just started her career. I was working at the church. I got a raise when I got married, thank God. 
But our first apartment was on the railroad tracks. On, on I'm talking about the window railroad tracks. No joke. In a crack neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I used to, guy next door would leave his window open and turn the alarm on. And you know how everybody hits the buzzer? You know, the, the what do you call that? The snooze? I used to have to get up and go and wake him up. Just so the snooze would stop. We lived that close. You know what I'm talking about? I'd have to, I, I, his alarm would go off. He wouldn't wake up. I would. And I'd lay there for the first 10 times. Kick. Nah, 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 nah. Kick. Nah, nah. <laughs> so I go knock on his window. Wake up, man. <laughs> True story. I'm not kidding. We didn't have nothing. We didn't have a thing. I mean, Amy and I just, all we had, all we had was love. That's it. That's all we had, man. Our first bed was a single, a twin. It was a twin. I'm a big boy for a twin. You know what I'm talking about? I'm a big boy for a twin by myself, twin. Y'all know what I'm, I'm telling the truth. We didn't have nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we didn't have the G to go on the end. I'm not talking about nothing. <laughs> That's where we started, man. But I got this scripture. A revelation of God dropped in my heart. That the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. That things of depletion in my life. The things of, left, of less in my life. That was not God's will. Subtraction is not addition. Do y'all realize that? I mean, do you realize that subtraction is not addition? And he said he would add. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what would he do? Then if you're seeing subtraction, does that line up with the word of God? No, because he said he would add. He would add to my business. He would add to my life. He would add to my children. He would add to my career. He would add to my marriage. He would add to my, my health. He would add to me. And so as a Christian, I need to understand that God clearly wants God. God clearly wants. Look at somebody and say, God clearly wants for your life to be added to. And anything that isn't that isn't God. What did Jesus come in? This is why, why we got to get excited. Those of you, maybe you came in here struggling this morning. I want to empower you. I want to lift you. I want to give you the strength today to understand that the devil is a liar. And that the problems that you are facing in your life, the challenges that you are facing in life, the things that have come against you, the depression that you may sense, all those things. See, if we wrestle not against flesh or blood, but against principalities, powers, and darkness, rulers, and, and wicked, wickedness, and, and high places. Then my fight is always, is always a good fight. Because he said we fight the good fight of faith. Let me tell you what a good fight is. I've been in a few of them. Anybody ever been in a fight with me? Anybody ever been in a fight? Anybody? You been in a fight? Listen, Brother Derek, are you ready? What's a good fight? One that you win. 
That's a good fight. Amazingly. I mean, how simple is that? I fight the... See, some of you are fighting a fight, but you're not winning. And you need to win. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is my faith. I have the faith of God, and I can stand against all the wiles of the devil, the Bible says. I can resist the devil, and he will flee. What am I resisting? That which steals, that which kills, and that which destroys. I am supposed to resist it. I'm supposed to resist it with venom and vehemence and everything you can imagine. I'm supposed to go after victory and stand and fight the good. Now... Those of us that have been in a few fights, I haven't been in many. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I did get hit a couple times. You know, and I did go home with a bruise or two. Amen? You get in a fight. But, but, but winning with a bruise is different than losing. You're not going to go through life without challenge. You, you cannot exist on this planet and not go through challenges of life. Life is hard. How many understand that life can be very hard? You can either endure or you can, you can exist or you can enjoy. So, so what else? Life can be hard. Attacks will come. But you will overcome. You can overcome. Listen to this. Uh, 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 the good news is the Word of God is the victory. It is the victory. Why would anybody this is a question as I was putting this together. Why would anybody want to live without Jesus? I mean, if he came to, to give us an overcoming, overwhelming, overjoyful life, why would you want to live without Jesus? You know, I lost my mom. I've lost my dad. In both of those circumstances, those are very tough moments. Anybody that's lost a parent knows exactly what I'm talking about. A pillar of your life, an extremely important person in your life is gone. And there's a loneliness that nothing will ever fill it. I mean, you come to, to you grieve through it and you come to accept it because there's nothing you can do about it. But it's a lonely place. It's a difficult time. And I've seen other people, I've seen people go through these times in their life. And I would wonder, I just always have wondered, I can remember in those moments alone when I knew, I just knew. And maybe you've been there. Some of you that haven't been there, you're going to experience this. Let me tell you something. When, when it talks about Jesus will come and lift your head, I have had him lift my head. I remember I pulled the drawer open on a Sunday morning. My dad had passed away that week, and I was going to preach that Sunday morning because I wasn't going to let anything stop me. You know, if I had to do that all over again, I'd let somebody else preach. But I didn't know better then, and I preached that Sunday morning. And I pulled the drawer open, and I remember I hadn't really had a whole lot of emotion about it. I was wounded. My heart was hurt. You know, you may be experiencing this, uh, even in marriages or whatever you may be going through. And I'm sitting there on the floor, and I'm just, I pulled the drawer open, and everything's fine. But I pulled out my dad's sock. I was going to put on a pair of socks, Richard. And when I pulled out his socks, he'd given me socks, you know. And he pulled out his socks, and I just lost it. I wept like a baby. But Jesus came. And he lifted me. I don't even know how to explain that. Except to tell you, Jesus came that I might have life. That's the abundant life I'm talking about is that no matter how difficult the challenges become, why would you want to live without Jesus? 
Oh, my goodness. Have y'all been there? Y'all know what I'm talking about. These ladies, they, they've been through a few things, I can tell. And you remember those times when Jesus came and just grabbed your hand and walked you through the valley of the shadow of death. Today you're sitting in this room. I'm telling you, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. He's the life. And, and so, so as we think about this, and I need to close, but, but just, just bear with me a few more minutes because I want you to get this. How can I have this good life? What is the good life? How do I experience this good life? Well, the Bible says clearly that people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. See, if you don't know, listen, this comes from Hosea 4.6. Read this with me, Hosea 4.6. My people, Hosea 4.6, my people, are destroyed. I love that because it wasn't just the world. It said my people. There are people that sit in churches all over our city, even in this one. You may be sitting here today and, and it says my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of knowledge that causes us to be destroyed. If you don't know that the goodness of God comes to lead you to repentance. If you don't know that God's blessing will make you rich and add no sorrow there to it. If you don't know the blessings of the Lord will come upon you and overtake you, then you're going to be destroyed. If you don't know that you can release finances, if you don't know that you, that you don't have to be sick in your body, that by Jesus Christ, if you don't know my God shall supply, Oh, somebody, somebody ought to know that. My God shall supply all, all my needs. Then you could be in one of the positions of destruction. That the thief could come and steal from you. We must know the truth. We must know it. What is the definition of blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? What does it, when I say the word blessed, that God wants you blessed, what am I saying? Let me give you some more definition. Blessed. Rich is more than enough. Blessed is something else. Listen. Blessed is this. Write it down. Get it in your mind. Get it in your mind. Rich is one thing. Let's, let's talk about blessed. Blessed. The definition of blessed. Here it is. Empowered to prosper. Blessed. What else? Empowered to succeed. Empowered to succeed. Empowered to excel. Empowered to rise above what tries to hold you back or keep you down. So the word blessed is an empowerment word. It's a word that indicates God's desire to empower you. Point to yourself. Put your finger right here. And say this. God wants to empower me. That's what he's trying to do. That's what blessed is. He said the blessings of the Lord will come upon you and overtake you. He wants to empower you. The empowerment of God, the empowerment of God will come upon you and overtake you. You are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. What does that mean? You are empowered in the city. You are empowered in the field. And everything he do or everything you do will be blessed, empowered. So, so think about this on, on a higher level. How about a marriage? Does God want your marriage blessed? What does that mean? Empowered. It doesn't mean there won't be challenges to it. 
doesn't mean there won't be resistance to it. It means that God will empower you to succeed in it. God will empower you to overcome in it. God will empower you to, 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 to be above it and anything that would challenge it and tear it down. If you'll know, if you understand, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. You've got to know that your business, if your name is on it, if you're signing the front of the check and not the back, Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Yes. Then, there's a, then there is an ability within you that you are empowered to overcome lack. You are empowered with the wisdom. You, you are empowered. He came to empower you. See, it got quiet right there because all of a sudden, I think a bunch of you said there that oh, he's right. It isn't just going to God in some type of a, a, a pseudo prayer of God, help me, I help you, help me, please come. That's what we do, isn't it? But that's not God. You are empowered to prosper. You are empowered to do it. Look at this, Psalms 35, 27. I'm going to close with this. Psalm 35, 27. I want you to see it. Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. This is the expression of the heart. This is their, I'm not, you know, sometimes we, 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 we think just, you know, somebody spouts off something and that indicates their heart. That isn't always true. It isn't always true, guys. It's just not always true. And sometimes you can say things at a moment that you wouldn't have said any other time. You're just emotional at that moment. That ain't your heart. Come on, ain't nobody shouting, but it's the truth anyway. It's true. I'm dying. <laughs> this let them say continually expresses to us that a lifestyle, it is a continuation, the life that we live, the, the expressions of our life, the things that we do, the way we act. The, the, you know what I'm trying to say? You know, you know I, I've known people that didn't have anything, but you couldn't tell it. Y'all ever met them folks? Y'all ever met them? I mean, you just couldn't tell it. They did it like they were it. Before long, a lot of times, they, they become exactly what they expression. Because the image that we create will, will eventually become what we are. And so that let them say continually, the Lord be magnified, which takes pleasure in the prosperity of his service. Now, I've had a lot of people that beat me up over prosperity. That beat me up over, you know, all this, you know, that, that we want to see people blessed and healed in their body and all that stuff. And, and because of religious traditions, and many of us grew up in them, we had this impression that we were supposed to do without and if there was something that was, you know, and we were struggling that God was in that, he was just working out our perfection. And all that was a bunch of hooey. And a lot of times it was just the excuse for what we were going through. Business wasn't going good. Struggles were coming. Maybe we made some bad choices. Maybe not. You know what I'm trying to say? Some of you are, are maybe today you're struggling with credit card issues. Well, God didn't ever buy anything on your credit card. <laughs> he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't buy the car. 
He didn't buy the house, the clothes, the jewelry. <laughs> he didn't buy none of it. And I'm, I'm preaching good, right? I put my scripture back up. Now it says that he takes pleasure. So why would you be mad at me if God is pleasured? God is happy. God is excited. God is thrilled. He gets stoked. He's up about it. You being blessed. You prospering. That's what it says, isn't it? Now let me share something with you. When I started reading this, I realized something. I realized something. And I'm going to end with this, so get it. Now this is big, 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 big. I think I want to make God happy. I don't know about nobody else. But if God's going to skip because I'm wealthy, then I'm going to be wealthy. If God's going to jump and leave and get, oh, look at him. Go, boy, go. My little boy hit a free throw in the basketball game. He didn't do nothing else. And he hit the free throw. Man. Y'all know what I'm talking about? His chest puffed out. Mine was puffed out even bigger. Look at that. Look at that. That's my man child right there. That's my boy. I know he's picking grass off the field, but he hit that free throw shot. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, what about you? You're a parent. What does it do to your heart to watch your child succeed? What does it do? What does it do, Derek? When you go and you watch the honor society and you watch them excel at reading, any little thing that they do good, any little thing that you get, I mean, some of us, we just do the littlest positive thing. Woo! If they grew in it, somebody told me, hey, he's getting bigger. I thought, praise God, finally, somebody's he's getting bigger. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, Steve is little, he's not very big, he's not, you know, and he got bigger. Man. Now, let me say something else to you. I want to make God happy. I made up my mind that this church, my life, my wife, my marriage, my finances are going to make God happy. That he takes pleasure in the success of my life. He takes pleasure in watching. Just think, I just think of, I can see him like me as a father. Now, let me tell you what makes him sad. the opposite when I have chosen not to live the abundance when I have chosen not to accept what Jesus has done for me that he, he gave me a life supplied with good things and I made that choice to say well I'll just live here I'll just live in lack and I won't work my faith to stand against the devil and I won't work my faith to move up higher but I'll just Except where I am. It's just my lot in life that's displeasing because God takes pleasure in the prosperity 
of his service. He takes pleasure in your house looking good. He takes pleasure in you having running water. He takes pleasure in you having gas money. He takes pleasure in you having more than enough. My God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. And I, oh, I forget the rest of it. <laughs> and he looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. Uh-uh. He is my God. I did remember it. See, I got it. Can anybody see what I'm talking about? You want to talk about Christmas? This is it. The thief came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came. That was about as white as you can get. You know, every time I try to think, I, I think about, I think about dancing, nothing. How many of you believe what I said today? And how many of you will receive it today? Would you stand up on your feet?